Hi, this is Sandy Rios with you again. I guess I'm going to be with you again and again and again until God calls me home. But this is the fourth episode of Sandy Rios 24-7. We're having so much fun with this. At least I'm having fun with this. And I'm asking my husband, who's been joining me every day, my husband, the former FBI agent named Bruce Rather. Hi, sweetheart. Are you enjoying this? I am. It's great. Is it? Is it anything like you thought it would be? It's better. Is it really? Yeah, I'm well, really... That's cool. Yeah. We get to share this together and get to talk to people and what could be better? What could be better? All right. Well, let me get some practical things said here. Uh, Let me just say that we, uh, where do I start? Where do I start? You can email the show anytime at sandy at AFR.net. We still love hearing from you, love hearing from you. And for that reason, we've also set up a phone line, 662-821-2040. That's 662-821-2040. 8212040 and on that phone line you can call and leave a comment or a question and uh, I will I can't say that I'll use all of them on the air but I'm sure I'll use as many as I can and I certainly will listen to them uh, so uh 6628212040 also I tweet uh, a lot getter facebook instagram and you can go to sandyrios.com if you'd like to be on our mailing list or if you'd like to see where we're going to be Etc. 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 So, so it's Sandy Rios twenty four seven. Okay, I'm trying to hurry. Why am I trying to hurry? I'm used to doing live radio where I have you know interruptions, but I could just talk forever if I wanted to now, but I won't. I promise. All right, Bruce, we just got back from this lovely trip uh, north into Virginia and then uh, into D.C. But let's talk about our first stop because we went to Goochland. Let me just say. Um, my longtime listeners are used to me talking about Goochland. One of the things that needs to be clear is, honestly, if we're going to take our country back, what do I mean by that? I mean back to its constitutional roots, back to its roots in faith in God, uh, where morals are mainstreamed and not the aberration, where kids are not uh, totally just sexualized in public school, and of course, fill in the blanks. There's so many more things. We're going to have to do it at a local level. And when I first started uh, on AFR Talk, pretty much close to the to the beginning, I was invited to go speak in Goochland, Virginia. Uh, they had a tea party down there that was just knocking it out of the ballpark. And I, I'll never forget that night, the first night we went. Bruce, do you remember that night? I do. Can you describe that, What, what you know? <laughs> remember we went to this little church, and the place was just, parking lot was just filled. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, just to put some background on it, Virginia is such an extraordinary state in the history of our country. When you drive through the southern parts of Virginia, you see these counties that were incorporated in the 1760s. That's 15, 16 years before the American Revolution even began. I mean, they have such great bloodlines down there. And um, Goochland called and said, you know what? Um, we got tired of the trajectory of our county and of our cities. Uh, we're losing it to the left. And they went and they selected people to run for school board, for all kinds of local um, uh, commissioner county, jobs, county board, county board yeah. things like that. And they really took back their county. In, in every way. Not only the, uh, the what was happening in their public schools, but also the, it became very prosperous. There was lots mm. of building and businesses. It was jaw-dropping. Yeah. And uh, the first night when I went there to speak, Bruce, you remember the place was just packed and people were just filled with energy. It wasn't about me. Uh, it was because they generated it and then right. they listened to me and then they they asked me to come. So that's where when we became fast friends. But their story is one that I refer to often because I do think that is the model 
for people listening to us all across the country. <clears throat> What's happening in your county? That's where you fight the fight. What's happening in your schools? What's happening in your city government? Get involved. Start running good people. Get organized. Oh, that sounds like Barack Obama. Don't get organized like Barack Obama. Get organized like, you know, your, your church committee or something, your local church committee, I mean. Uh, but there are ways to make a huge difference, and I think Goochland is a great example of that. Well, um, in a few minutes, we're going to go to go back. We were in Goochland. We got this great interview, and I'll tell you about that in a second. But right now, let me just say that I am very grateful uh, to have a sponsor for this show. Preborn is, uh, at this point, it's a a pregnancy clinic that helps rescue babies. But I think it would be safe to say that the a founder actually wants as much as anything for preborn to present evangelism. In other words, tell women who are pregnant or their boyfriends or their fathers or who've had abortion that there is forgiveness, that there's an eternal plan, that God is gracious and good, and that he has a plan for each of us, and he's the savior of the world. And that's what preborn really does. And in fact, uh, since they've started, they've seen over 65,000 commitments to Christ, a personal relationship with Christ, and they've managed to save 200,000 babies. <laughs> and they do this through uh, ultrasound. When a girl has an ultrasound, she's 80% more likely to not terminate her baby because, because she can see the baby and she can see its fingers and toes. It's just a, it is a beautiful thing that is very moving. And that's how preborn encourages women to keep their babies. And so what they ask for is help to buy those ultrasounds. And so I'm asking you to do that today. It's $28 for one ultrasound, and it's $140 for five. And you can do the multiplication and the math. To donate securely, dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby, B-A-B-Y. That's pound 250, baby. Or you can go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. And when you do... Tell them Sandy sent you. So when we were in Goochland, uh, one of the things that Goochland's famous for, Bruce, uh, as I have mentioned, was that people who don't follow politics or haven't for long won't know this, but Eric Cantor was mm -hmm. uh, in line to be Speaker of the House. He was a, an establishment rhino. Uh, he was a good-looking guy. He always looked like a million dollars, um, and he was very well-spoken, but he was like an open borders dude. Uh, he was, uh, for those of us that were conservatives, it was just, oh, are you kidding me? Yeah, he was like a wolf in sheep's clothing. Um, <clears throat> everybody thought he was a real conservative guy and, and was, um, he had a great look. He had an aw shucks kind of personality. Yeah. But when you talk to people that really knew him down in Goochland and around there, he was anything but that. Yeah, so enter Goochland and also Henrico County. Uh, enter those because they have a great tea party too. Uh, they decided that they might not send uh, Eric Cantor because that was his district. And so, lo and behold, while the whole world was watching other races, I can't. I wish I could recall the year. I could tell you that there's always something going on. But nobody was watching Eric Cantor's race because nobody thought that Eric Cantor would be in any danger whatsoever. But Goochland and Henrico, meanwhile, because they'd said about this, they had structured and taken back their counties. They had huge grassroots. And they actually got this guy no one had heard of who was an economics professor named Dave Bratt. They got him elected. He won that night. It was like shock. It was the headline. It was major news. I'll never forget that. It was like when, it was like when Trump won in 2016. It was just like that because no one had him on their radar screen. Eric Cantor was ascending. I mean, he, we think Kevin McCarthy was the, the chosen person. You should have seen Eric Cantor. He was really in line to go places. Yeah, he had the swag, and he had mm -hmm. the, the you know, he had the whatever finesse, panache, mm -hmm. 
whatever. But boy, he uh, Dave Brett took him out, and that's legendary. In fact, we're going to talk to Dave later on in the week. Uh, but meanwhile, while we were in Goochland, uh, I've been back many times to speak for them. It's always such a joy. So hi, hi, all you Goochland friends. Uh, we went back this time so that I could speak for uh, Delegate John McGuire. Now, uh, as I've said before, uh, as a private citizen, I can endorse candidates or work for them, and I have endorsed John McGuire, not not in my capacity at AFA, not in my uh, capacity as the host of the, hostess of this show, uh, but uh, John is a former Navy SEAL, and I've met him several times, and we've been together a lot, and uh, his story... His story is just jaw-dropping. He is, uh, so I want you to hear it. And so I would just invite you to sit back and relax. And uh, here's the next episode of Sandy Rios 24-7. From American Family Radio, Sandy Rios. We are not called to be nice. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. I think the most important thing we need to demonstrate to our children is genuineness that we actually believe what we say we believe. A longtime Fox News contributor, Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. Seek justice, not social justice, but God's justice, what's right and what's wrong. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association, a pro-life radio talk show host. We've got to say this is the line. Life is sacred. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. We are in Virginia, and we're at a sports bar. What's it called, John? McGuire? Sports, uh, sports Page Bar and Grill in Goochland County. Where is that? Anyway, uh, and so we're here because John is running for Senate in the 10th District in Virginia. John McGuire has been my guest before, and uh, his story is wonderful, but some of you are new to the podcast, and I've asked him to join me today because we're here uh, to announce that he's running as, as for Senate in Virginia, but his story is Incredible, and we're going to tell it. But first of all, John, welcome. Thanks for joining me <laughs> Thanks at for your event. <laughs> oh, no, it's an honor to have you here. And I just love how you uh, put the faith in everything you do. And uh, you, you, uh, you're you a strong supporter, patriot of our republic. Our republic's in big trouble, and we appreciate your voice. Thank you, John. I appreciate that. You know, one thing, uh, you have, you've been serving in the House of Delegates since 2018, but and you've done just a wonderful job, and we're going to get into some of that. But I want to go back. Part of the reason you are who you are, John, is because you have an incredible past. You've started your own business, by the way. We should say that uh, you have a business called Seal Team PT Inc., and that's uh, you train people all over the country. In fact, tell us a little bit about that. You've been training sports teams all over the country. Well, right? you know, it started out September 1998. I started with outdoor team-based fitness classes, and I had five people in my first class, and no one came back. And I, and I, <laughs> I know I joke, I joke I needed to work on my people skills. But you know what I did is I, I sat people in a room, and I just said, what did you like about it? What did you not like about it? And we went back and forth, back and forth, and we created a program where we've trained thousands of people to help them become stronger, healthier, and more confident. Well, one day, a high school football coach said, well, you teach our team leadership. And I'm not a football coach, uh, but they won the state championship. So the team that got second place hired me the next year, and then they won the state championship. Now, I know I'm a small part of that, and it's an honor to be that part. But the next thing you know, I'm training Big Ten football teams. I'm training Penn State. I'm training Texas. I'm training University of Southern California, MIT. And we're training corporate teams in Rome, Malaysia, Argentina on uh, teamwork and leadership and communication and respect and 
how to be an effective team. So I this is a sidebar, but I just have to ask you, you know, all these athletes just dropping on the field, I think something like 100 in the past few months. Mm -hmm. Do you have any comments about that? You know, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Uh, the uh, the pandemic or the pandemic, the COVID stuff and the vaccines, you know, I'm not, you know, if you want to take the vaccine, that's fine. I, I personally did not get the vaccine. And uh, but you know, I understand some people did. If you remember, there were 60 SEALs that refused to get the vaccine. They were going to kick them out. Yes. All right. That's right. And they were represented by uh, Matt Staver in Florida and won the won the and they, didn't won. they win. They, they won. won. Yeah. And so quietly, the Navy let it go. And, you know, I love the Navy. But I believe there's so much indoctrination, uh, these Marxist ideologies in our classrooms, in our government, our military, uh, this wokeism, I guess they call it. Yep. And uh, so we're in a big fight to preserve our republic. Yeah. Well, sometime I'll do a podcast on the, the athletes dropping because, I, because it's just such – it's horrible to watch, and I do suspect it's related uh, to the vaccine. But – all right, so, uh, John, you mentioned the Navy SEALs, so we should talk about that. Sure. Um, you served for 10 years, and you, <laughs> you trained snipers. You trained snipers? Sure. Uh, yeah, you know, and that, you know, my service is no better than anyone else's. You know, God's got a different way for all of us to serve. Uh, but I got to tell you, if I had a chance to go back and do it again, I, I would. And the biggest thing I think everyone would tell you, it's the, uh, the friendships, the relationships, the camaraderie of the military. And we all miss that when we get out. Um, but it was a it was a great way to serve. I was a sniper uh, instructor, um, but it started out in an interesting way. And I always tell young people this story: it's your attitude in life, not your aptitude in life, that determines your altitude in life. We've all heard that. Um, they were doing some sniper sustainment training with all the East Coast snipers, and they could not find a support guy to inventory ammunition, maintain weapons, etc. And you don't normally pick a SEAL to be that person, but I had uh, a reputation for being organized and being uh, pretty good at accurizing weapons. I could fix weapons. So they came to me and said, hey, will you be our support guy? I could have said no, but I said absolutely, absolutely, and I'll be the best you've ever seen. And I think because of that positive attitude, they said, hey, pack an extra sniper rifle. And back then, everybody signed up to be a sniper, but not everybody got to do it. And by luck, they had us on the 600-yard line, six football fields away, and everybody— Six—wait, wait, let that soak in. Six football fields away. Six football fields away. You're supposed to hit a target. Yes. Well, i got to be honest with you. We would do much greater distance than that. But I'd also say there were guys on the team that were much better shots than me. You know, I was, certainly wasn't the best. Everybody's, you know, everybody has something that someone's better, that, better at than you. But all you had to do was uh, put $5 in the hat, and everyone had to make one shot, 600 yards, probably a four- or five-inch target. And whoever got closest to the center got all the money. And I'm going to tell you the truth. All I did was put the crosshair on the target and pull the trigger. That's all I did. Well, I won all the money, and uh, people were asking me questions. You know, how did you call the win? What did you do? I didn't know what they were talking about at the time. <laughs> I think it was just luck. And uh, so the team leader said, hey, do you want to go to sniper school? And so I got to go to sniper school at a very young age and did well. And uh, like I said, um, it was an honor to serve. And uh, if, I, if, if my country asked, I'd do it all again in a heartbeat without hesitation. So, uh, you know, John, and we're going to actually get into your faith. We're doing it backwards a little bit. But you are a Christian. And you were a Christian when you went into the SEALs. So it's not a small thing to be a sniper. It's not a small thing to be in combat as a Christian. Uh, General Jerry Boykin is Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin is a great friend of mine, and he of course founded the uh, Delta Force and 
went down in Mogadishu with the helicopter crashing, those famous stories, his, his, uh, his resume is incredible. And yet he's a pastor. He's a warrior. Um, he loves God. And nevertheless, for some people listening, this doesn't make sense. How can you, you're killing people. How can you do that? You're Christian. How can you do that? Well, you know, I think about a movie I saw as a child. Uh, it was called Sergeant York. Yes, and right. If, and if you remember, he was a conscientious objector. And so his commanding officer, it was told, gave him a book, The History of the United States, Davy Crockett, Daniel Boone, uh, our heroes, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, the whole thing. And he just uh, he went home and read that book and studied it, and he came back, and he realized that, uh, and it says in the Navy SEAL Creed, we use our strength to protect those that don't have the strength to protect themselves. But in the Bible, it actually says there's a time to kill, and there's a time to be born, and there's a time to die. There's a time for everything. And if you stand for nothing, you're going to fall for anything. And by taking a life in combat, you actually save lives, and you save your country, and you save your cause. Well, it certainly wasn't a conflict. I realize that people will tell me, these, this is Old Testament, but it's the same God. Uh, David was a mighty warrior, and he was a man after God's own heart. And so uh, there is, there, obviously there is uh, something that we don't quite understand in God's mind about this, uh, at least some people. It's clearer to some than it is to others, but nevertheless, that's what you did. You trained snipers. Uh, you were there for 10 years. And then, um, John, but I, when you were a kid, you're very disciplined. You, you said that. You're very organized and disciplined. Were you that way when you went into the SEALs? I think of the military as like sorting guys out and making them organized, but... Was were you already that? You know, the I think the um, when you go into the Navy SEAL training, typically two hundred men per class, usually twenty graduate. Uh, one class graduated zero out of two hundred. Not everybody gets a trophy. We have a set of standards. It's nothing personal. You either meet those standards or you don't. But I will tell you, you are who you are when you get to SEAL training. It just chisels you and brings that out. But you know, I was abandoned as a child. Uh, the police found me on the side of the road. Uh, I attended nine different elementary schools. Um, some of those um, uh, foster homes had chores and discipline, and some were chaotic. Some had religion, some didn't. But I remember those Sunday school lessons carried me my entire life. I remember when I ended up in a foster home that didn't have religion, because of my previous experience, I still prayed by my bed at night. And I really just believe that God has uh, you know, chisels us into the men and women we're supposed to be. And so certainly I've been through some difficult times. Uh, but I, I think, you know, you've heard me say it. I don't have two, I don't have spikes in my wrist yeah. like Jesus, who he gave, you know, God gave his only son for our, our Savior. You know, John, when I was young, like 21, I was a house parent in a children's home. Kids that had been in foster care and didn't have, had parents, but parents that couldn't take care of them or one, only one parent for, for various reasons. But they were, they were parentless. And I was like their only parent two days a week. And I, I will never forget that, and I mention that because what happens in a situation like what you just described quickly is that you grow up without a solid family, without coming home and dinner at five, without, you know, depending on a mom and dad, and that has, that can destroy a kid. It destroys many of them. I, I think you would agree, and uh, so... Um, how do you think? How it's your, Was it your faith? Is that what you're saying? It was I think your my faith, faith that, for sure. But like I said, my grandfather, my, my father and mother had alcohol substance abuse issues. So I'm 54 years old. I've never tasted alcohol in my life. I've never 
uh, tried cigarettes or drugs, but I tell people, don't worry. I have plenty of other issues. But, uh, <laughs> but I got strong carrying my SEAL brothers home from the bar, but I would go to church in some of the most dangerous places in the world, and sometimes I had to get, have a gun just to get to church. And so when I decided to run for office, I didn't know how to run for office, so I decided, my wife and I go to our church 8 a.m. every Sunday, and then I go to a second or third church. So I've been to about 300 different churches in five years, and I think this thick head of mine is uh, it's getting in here, and sometimes I can finish the scripture before the pastor. And so I think that our country was founded in the church, and I think we need saving. And I think the answer is to get people back to the church, that discipline, that structure. You know, there are two ways to live your life. You can be a man of principle or a man of preference. If you're a man of principle, you get those principles from the Bible, and you know what you're going to do in good times or bad times. You're going to make mistakes. We're not perfect. I've made mistakes. I'll make more. I'm trying not to, but we all make mistakes. But if you're a person of preference, then that's how you feel this morning. I woke up and I feel like doing this. I woke up tomorrow and I feel like doing that. And that's chaos. And I think the more the government and this Marxist socialist agenda tries to pull God away from government, away from education, away from our military, away from our life, the more trouble we're in. I do too. Well, I mean, think the fear of God, meaning the knowledge and the awe, the, the respect for him is the beginning of wisdom. And the further we get away from him, the more foolish we become. And that's what we see in our culture. Mm. Everyone is doing what's right in their own eyes. And it's, it's bizarre dressing, men dressing like women and uh, women dressing like men and mutilating bodies. You know, there's, I could go on and on, but the family, family structure, you know, polyamory, uh, lots of partners. I mean, it's just, it's bizarre. The more I watch television when I occasion I do turn network on I just I, I just feel like what what where are we where are we because we've moved so far from the knowledge of God and we got foolish and dangerously uh, immoral as Christians we we seek the truth yeah. and that's how we are but if they can get us away from the Bible and we no longer seek the truth then they can create their own truth that's like right. which bathroom to go to I, I, I'm a, you know, you're one sex one day, a different the other. So again, the Bible gives us truth and it gives us the order of things in good times and bad. Yeah. So John, uh, back to Virginia. Virginia has been uh, like, it's been like the heartbeat of the nation for years. It was that state that was set apart. It gave us George Washington and Thomas Jefferson and George Mason and Patrick Henry and on and on we could go. Uh, just an incredible place. I, I think it's such an honor to be from Virginia. I was ha- we were just thrilled to be here for the time that we were living here for so many years. Um, but Virginia has taken a real hit because Northern Virginia is very woke. It's uh, like being in a third world country. I should know. I lived there a long time. Uh, and that, uh, that leftism, uh, communism, socialism, whatever you call, that is now D.C. has bled down into Virginia. And you guys have been... And I'd say by design, because it's a jewel, a crown jewel for the leftists to to take down uh, Virginia. And they really nearly succeeded. How bad did it get in Virginia? It got really bad. Uh, You know, um, under these uh, leftist policies, uh, we are less safe as Americans. The world is less safe. But we're less safe as Americans at the local, state, and federal level. And you talk about how bad it got. Under one-party Democrat rule over the last couple of years before Yunkin, um, they tried to out California, California. They tied our vehicle emissions to California. So if uh, vehicle emissions became more strict in California, then Virginia had to follow suit. And why should legislators 
in California who don't represent the Virginia people determine what we do. In the news recently, uh, uh, California came up with a policy that said that they're going to ban fossil fuels, diesel, and gas by 2035. And unless we change the law in Virginia, we have to do the same thing. And so um, we've got to win that state Senate. And, of course, my slogan for state Senate, I'm running for state Senate so that we can un-California Virginia. <laughs> but to tell you how bad it got, they shut down our schools. They put masks on kids. Um, if you remember during the pandemic, they, well, they, the Black Lives Matter movement, they burned our cities for 100 days. They defunded. They demeaned our police. And they told them to stand down while they burned businesses, even black-owned businesses. It was chaos. And so... Um, these, and they erased our history with all the Confederate monuments. You know, history should be taught, not erased. And uh, it got really bad. And I tell you what, God is at work. I'm so thankful to have Governor Glenn Youngkin. He's a guy that builds bridges. He's a uniter. And uh, I, I was the first uh, elected official in Virginia to endorse him. Because the first thing he did when he met with me, he sat right here in this restaurant and prayed with me. And so, uh, you know, he's a Christian. He's not perfect. I'm not perfect. But I know he loves Virginia. Wow. And so you came into office in the Virginia House of Delegates in 2018. So uh, do you think that you, do you feel like you've managed to push back a lot of those bad things that were in place when you ran? Well, we have made a lot of progress, uh, to be honest. But the Democrat State Senate is stopping or watering down just about everything we need to do to make Virginia uh, the best place to live, work, and raise a family. So we've got to win that state Senate so we can really get these radical ideologies out of the classroom. Now, Governor Young is making a lot of progress, but he can't make real progress unless we can win the state Senate. And we need to point out that the state Senate in Virginia is uh, Democratic ruled by one seat only. And you're op- you're running for a seat. that we're in- You're running for an open seat. It's a brand new district, right? That's right. Yeah, so... Uh, and this is your home. This is where you live. Your wife, your your five girls. Uh, this is Three your three girls, two boys. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> five kids. My five. wife says I'm number six. <laughs> <laughs> now wait a minute. We have to ask you about that. But um, all right. So John, if people uh, just at this point, let's just say, if people in Virginia want to help you. Uh, how can they do that? So we have a convention coming up. We don't know exactly yet, but we think it'll be in May, probably May 6th. It's a convention, and we need people to sign up to be a delegate, and we need donations. We have to have money. Right now, my opponent, my major opponent, has actually run as a Democrat three times, uh, but he's got the big corporations are giving him big dollars. So we need donations, and you can do that on our website. It's mcguire4virginia.com. That's M-C-G-U-I-R-E-F-O-R. Virginia.com. Now, um, I have one of the most conservative voting records in Virginia, and I will not compromise our conservative principles. CPAC endorsed me. I don't know of any other person running for state senate that's ever been endorsed by CPAC. They called me up and said, would our endorsement help? And I said, absolutely. Sandy Rios, thank you for your endorsement. That's huge. It means a lot. Your strong Christian voice for our principles is amazing. Uh, but what we need people to do is volunteer, pray, donate, and let's uh, let's take back the Senate and let's save Virginia. Let's save our country. One other thing for people in Virginia is that you have a convention tentatively set for May. Uh, and uh, it's kind of a drudge. Some people don't want to come because it's, it's hard work. It's like the work of dem- – it's like what the House just went through in selecting uh, Kevin McCarthy. But that's an issue – Another issue for another discussion, but it's messy. Uh, and the thing of it is, you can dread it, 
but the problem is good people, not enough good people go. So that's something that you could do. Take your friends, make a day of it, take a picnic lunch and uh, just go all in, just make it an event instead of, you know, begrudging it and uh, make it, make it fun. And they could do that, can't they, John? Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it could be it could be vote after vote unless we get so many people to show up. We win on the first vote. Ah. so I ask people to you know br- bring their family members, bring their friends. We'll bring food. We'll have buses, and we'll try to make you as comfortable as possible. We'll make it a party. We'll have a good time. John, we're not through with your story because I want to I want to go back to something. After you left the Navy SEALs, uh, you were obviously you can't be a Navy SEALs unless you're tremendously fit. Uh, but you had a terrible accident that sort of changed the trajectory. Can you tell us about that? You know, I tell my doctor it was a minor setback, but he doesn't think that's funny. <laughs> um, I, so I used to do 21 finger pull-ups. I was undefeated on the SEAL East Coast obstacle course. Of course, I started a fitness business, and life was great. We were training people everywhere, and I was doing a backflip on a trampoline in the backyard with my son. And it almost makes me feel like I'm going to throw up to tell you this, but... C4 broke and it stabbed my spinal cord and I was completely paralyzed. And the first thing I felt, it was the most powerful, sickening feeling, is that I let down my family, all my friends and everyone that I'd ever helped. Um, It probably didn't take long to get to the hospital, but when I got there, um, the surgeon came in and said, Miss McGuire, John McGuire will not make it through the night. And if he does, he'll never use his arms and legs again. Well, I always tell young people and not so young people that I mentor, don't let the world put limits on you and don't put limits on yourself through God great things can be done and I will tell you I was in ICU people were screaming and they said that woman next to you just died and I felt like I could lift up a building a mountain I never felt stronger in my life and they're saying I'm not going to make it and I felt like that for uh, you know weeks and to the point where I think God gave me a second chance I think God was carrying me now it took me about a year to walk took me about three years of turning ignition in my car. Now, I'm not doing one-finger pull-ups anymore, but I'm not in a wheelchair. And I tell people, if they think I'm having a bad day, I tell them every day is Christmas. I'm not in a wheelchair. So no matter how bad we think we have it, it could be a lot worse. And again, I don't have spikes in my wrist, so I'm good. You know, um, as I'm hearing you talk, and I want to ask you about this next thing, and then i got to let you go because you've got this event. <laughs> uh, we both have this event. Uh, so... Um, Clarence Thomas uh, wrote this great book, um, A Created Equal, about his grandfather raising him, his grandparents, uh, because his mother was not stable. And his gra- he credits his grandfather with pulling him out, you know, of the abyss and setting him on the right course. You had a grandfather something like that, didn't you, John? Oh, yeah. My grandfather was strong. Uh, so... Uh, you know, when I was abandoned, um, like I said, my mother and father had some substance abuse issues. I'm 54, and uh, so I don't drink or smoke, but like I said, I have plenty of other issues. Uh, but my grandfather and my grandmother uh, rescued me and my older sister from foster homes. And it really had a lot to do with my dad as well. He, was, uh, he stopped smoking and drinking in the same day, and I know that's not easy to do. And um, the judge allowed him to have three of his children that were staying with my grandparents. So that freed up my grandparents to rescue me and my older sister, and they raised us through high school and brought us back together. Uh, But he taught me about service and sacrifice and love of country, and he was tough. When kids were reading kids' books, I was reading Guadalcanal Diary, the Battle of Iwo Jima, the Battle of the Bulge, (laughs) and he taught me about the history of our country. And uh, one time I came running home from the bully at the bus stop, and he said, boy, 
what you running from? And I said, that kid who's four times my size, he said, who are you more afraid of, me or him? And I caught that boy by the tennis courts, <laughs> and I've never run since. You know, if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. And uh, we learned in the military, there's a bully on every corner, and if you don't stand up to him, yeah. it just gets worse. But no, he was a great man. Um, he, uh, like I said, he rescued us from foster homes. And Oh, here's a part of the story that's important, though. As you see that picture, we were knocking doors in this district, Senate 10 I'm running for, and a woman said, your name is McGuire, and went back and grabbed her Bible, came back, opened up the Bible, and there was a, a World War II article that said, the Herald Progress, it said five McGuire boys go to war. And then that picture was John Joseph McGuire I. That's my grandfather that rescued me from foster homes. And so now I have it framed. So here is a picture of him when he was younger than you. And yes. this is and we've got right here. Yeah, yeah. saving the world. That was <laughs> And you've never dinner. seen it before. Right, our whole family. <laughs> So isn't that great? And so I didn't, as I did a little research, a lot of things are coming together. I found out that our family had a 200-acre farm in Ash, I'm sorry, in Hanover County since the Revolutionary War, and I qualify for Sons of the Revolution. I didn't even know that. And I found out that our great-great-grandfather's name is on the war memorial in, in this district across from the courthouse. Oh, my So word. I think God shuts one door, opens another. Yes. And one thing I might have told you is when redistricting comes out, came out, I was running against Abigail Spanberger for Congress, and all of a sudden, it's, the district is an hour, two hours north of me. And so we live in a farm. We're not moving. And so people called me up and said, you should run for this seat. You should run for that seat. You should run for this seat or, or get out or move. And we didn't want to move. And we, so we, we took 45 days. We prayed, and we looked at every option. And when we looked at the map for state senate, of course, a lot of people were asking me to run for that and everything. We realized that most of the people that I represented for years are in that district. I live here. My business is here. And it would allow me to, where I was born and raised, continue to serve the people. And so we're running for state senate so we can un-California, Virginia, and save our republic. All right. So, and if you want to help John, this is John McGuire. We've been talking for a while, so you might have forgotten that. <laughs> the McGuire part, maybe not, but John McGuire is running for senate. In Virginia, uh, and that would be the election of 2020, 2024, you'd be elected, right? 2023. And you'd uh, serve in 2024. Yeah, the election. It's confusing. It is, it is. <laughs> so this year, 140 legislators, the entire General Assembly is up for election. Wow. My primary or conventions, convention will probably be in May. Okay. And, sh- you know, I'm going to win that. And then it's uh, such a conservative district, I should, you know, be good in the general, but we got to get through the convention first. Um, but yeah, it's uh, 60 legislators out of 140 were redrawn into maps where they're going to have to fight each other or move. So you so. should invest in popcorn. <laughs> I invest in popcorn anyway. All right, John, listen, we wish you all the best. And if you'd like to help John, his website is mcguire4virginia.com. That's mcguire4virginia.com. But I hope that you, all of you around the country who are not from Virginia, are inspired by his story. You know, I, w- I would like the, uh, the audience to know that, uh, you know, things seem upside down and inside out. But the one thing I do know is God will get the last word. And so we've got to put God first. You know, I, I'm a big Trump supporter. Uh, Trump will probably go down in history as having done more in four years than any president did in eight years. He's not perfect. But in the Bible, David wasn't perfect either. But if you look at his actions, you know, I heard some one of our founding fathers said, well done is always better than well said. And so I'm a Trump supporter, but you know what? Ron DeSantis is doing some great things in Florida, and Governor Yunkin is doing some great things in Virginia. And so, you know, we'll see how it pans out, but I'm glad that we have a bench. 
when I got elected to the House of Delegates, people said, are you on the Tea Party team, the Dave Bratt team, the Eric Cantor team? Uh, which team are you on? And I said, I'm on the Save America team. And that's what we need to do. Amen to that. And I'd like to join that team too, John. All right, well, listen, John McGuire for State Senate in uh, Virginia. And also just to remember him, he's got a great story. He's a great patriot. And that gives us all hope. This is Sandy Rios. This is Sandy Rios 24-7 on American Family Radio. All right, so see what I mean. Sandy Rios back with you. See what I mean about John McGuire. Isn't that a great story? And we didn't even get to tell all of it. Uh, and uh, Bruce, Bruce, let me bring Bruce back in. Um, honey, we went to his event after that. They had this, it was in this beautiful bar and grill yes. in Goochland County. Uh, the place was packed. Can you just say a word about, you know, describe about what that was like? Oh, it was just filled with energy. It was about 11 o'clock in the morning, and people from all over the counties were there. And um, you really felt uh, the diversity of people, from business people to farmers to uh, uh you name it, they were there. And I'll tell you what, if you want to feel out of shape, go and look at John McGuire. <laughs> this guy can do more push-ups He's amazing. than a room full of people. He is amazing. And uh, he is electric. He is shot out of a cannon. He's nonstop, and uh, he's just indefatigable. Yeah. And, I, and also about the, about the people, once again, I think there's something so refreshing about being with people, it's okay. Let me say, and those of you that have been to a Trump rally, you know how exciting it was when you saw other people who were as stirred up and concerned about the country as you. Well, Virginia is that to the nines. I mean, they these parts of Virginia, the people are patriots. Man, they are patriots, and they uh, this Goochland have has a talent for picking really fine people. Bob Good is one of the people that they picked, and. And now uh, John McGuire is someone that they've identified and, and are supporting. So uh, we had a wonderful time. It was just encouraging. It was just a wonderful, wonderful event. And I, again, encourage all of you across the country to make a difference where you are, in your county, in your city, in your schools. Roll up your sleeves. What do I say? Say something. Do something. You know, I, it, it, it will bring you such joy. And I think when you get so bogged down and worried about the, the path the country's on, or really, this applies to anything in your life. When you're worried sick about something, I have found, I learned the hard way, that if I actually got up and did something about it, it was so therapeutic. And I often accomplished uh, a good fight. And so I'm just saying, roll up your sleeves, get in there and do something. All right, so we are being sponsored by Preborn. And Preborn, of course, is uh, a preborn pregnancy clinics are places where girls can go who are have unwanted pregnancies, and in the process they get ultrasounds, and they're able to see their babies. They don't know they're going for that purpose. They go for counseling. But when they see their babies, uh, almost 80% of them then do choose life, and that's why Preborn is uh, asking for help to buy these ultrasound machines. And one of them is just uh, $28, so you can. it's very affordable, and you could save a baby's life, lots of babies' lives, by making that donation. And, of course, five ultrasounds uh, – uh, is $140 if you think you can afford that to help them. And since Preborn has been in uh, in action, they have actually, because they are a Christian organization, they've seen over 65,000 women uh, commit their lives to Christ because of the ministry of Preborn, just their change of heart about abortion, their baby, and all of it. And they've saved over 200,000 babies. So if you would like to help them, uh, you can donate securely by dialing pound 250 on your phone, dial pound 250 and say the keyword 
baby, B-A-B-Y. Dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. Or you can go to preborn.com if you're old school like me. Go to preborn.com and that's preborn.com and tell them that Sandy sent you. Tell them that Sandy sent you and that's a preborn pregnancy clinics. All right, so this is our chance then to say goodbye to you. We have some great podcasts coming up this week. Remember that you can listen on AFR.net, Sandy Rios 24-7, AFR.net, or any of the major podcast platforms. You can call us at 662-821-2040 and leave us a message. You can send an email at Sandy at AFR.net. And you can go to SandyRios.com and find all kinds of good stuff like signing up for a mailing list. So there you go. So, um... Honey, you want to say goodbye to our audience? I hate to say goodbye, but I will. <laughs> <laughs> Who was that? Who was that? Was that Bob Hope? No, we hate to say. I don't. So glad we had this time <laughs> together. together. <laughs> All right. You don't okay. want me to sing. All right, enough of that. All right. So for today, thanks for listening. This has been Sandy Rios, twenty four seven.